Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, boy, we got a good show tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know my thing is motivating and talking with people and telling them about their dreams and their goals and, the, and that they can achieve those, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're trying to achieve. And, boy, we got a woman on the night that's doing something. Yes, yes. She's actually living her dreams. And I tell you what, Brian, we'll see her on Oprah. Ah, I believe that. I, believe that. <laughs> I guarantee you we'll see her on Oprah. She's on her way. And you know what? I was just I was thinking before the show on some things that we really need to discuss, and that something is people, negative people in our inner circle. We need to pay attention to those people, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, most people tell you, don't pay no attention to them. They just being negative. But I think to the contrary, that you should pay very close attention to them. Because I've heard the old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, and you know what, Brian? If you really think about it, our enemies aren't the one that's hurting us. It's that family member, right? It's that person that you never thought would hurt you, and you hear the little girls say all the time when they grow up, they ask them who raped you, family member, or somebody that knew them. So we need to be careful. And protect our dreams because it is so important. Because if you don't protect your dreams, you won't do anything with it. Right, right. You know, I was thinking, you know, also just like you before the show, you know, why do people, you know, have these dreams and then just do nothing with their dreams? You know how I've, I've had lots of people just share what they wanted to be or what they wanted to do. In their life, and I and I and the first question I'll ask them is, why aren't you doing it? You know, what are you? What are you? Why aren't you putting forth effort to do that? Mm. You know, when when I first started to want to go out and do motivational speaking, I didn't say, hey, I want to be a motivational speaker. I just went out and started doing something that I enjoyed to enjoy doing. And somebody came and told me, hey, you know. You sound like one of those motivational speakers. And I said, well, I guess that's what I am. You know, it's sort of like, (laughs) you know, until somebody came around and told me, hey, you know, you can do this. You know, because before that, I was just doing it and I was working and doing my thing, not even realizing that I was building my dream. Yes. Yes. And you know what, Brian? It's so amazing once we can get past the thought of not being able to do something, you can do it. The hardest thing is believing that you can do it. Mm-hmm. But once you get to that point and you start working in your calling, you start working in your dream, there's no feeling like it. There's no amount of money that can make you stop. So with that, Brian, our special guest. Our special guest tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to have her on. When I saw our website, I was like, this sister is doing things. <laughs> Brian, when I sent it to you, what did you think when you saw it? You know, the first thing I said, I said was, you know, she doesn't really, you know, when I first saw the video, because she has a little video. Right. And I said, 
okay, this is different, you know, because you never expect, you know, and, and and I'll tell you, I'll be honest, and she'll probably laugh, but she looks so tiny in front of yeah. that big old yeah. door, yeah. you know, yeah. on the video, and you all have to see the video to know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, and then the video is faded in and out a little bit, and I'm thinking, okay, they're just doing this on the fly. You know, because at first I thought it was going to be like a top-notch professional video, mm-hmm. you know, like how you see, but it was just something that was just straight up real. And, you know, it was just, hey, I'm going to grab this video and I'm going to show you all the truth. And this isn't something that, you know, really set up to, you know, try to woo you or anything. It's just mm-hmm. real. Yeah, and you know what? That's, what? that's what I got from it. I got her confidence level was so high. I mean, it was just like she was just relaxing. Mm-hmm. She wasn't being arrogant like a lot of people when they're trying to sell things to people. She wasn't trying right. to sell anything. She was just trying to say, if I could do this, you could do this. Yeah. All you have to do is just open yourself up and try. Not necessarily, she wasn't saying necessarily, you have to do what I'm doing. But she was more like telling people, you can be more, you can do this. And that's what I, the very first time I spoke with her, that's what I got from her because she shared with me that, you know what? A lot of the rich people don't share the steps of how they got where they are. Right. And that's so true. They tell you to buy my product, do this, do that. And later in the show, I'm going to, you know, ask her to talk about some of the things that we spoke about as far as the mentors. But she just did an awesome job. Yeah, yeah. All right. Without further ado, tonight's show is entitled Trust Him. Trust Him. And we have our special guest on with us, Yves Rose Stewart. <laughs> Stewart, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hello. Well, how are you? On the Solutions Hour. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a little girl, don't she, Brian? Yeah. You know, when I heard her talking, I started to laugh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is going to be interesting, you know, because I've been waiting to talk to her. Actually, I want to know. How she get in that big old house? <laughs> <laughs> that's the I, that's the, I've been getting those I've been getting emails about that ever since I posted it the bulletin mm-hmm. and everybody that's the one thing that everybody is asking and one thing uh, you know Brandon we just got through talking about people are saying she's just real it's just real is it, I mean it's not nothing fake she's just being real and being honest Eve you know when you started chasing your dreams and all of this stuff. Did you have people that were just real to you, or did you have people that were fake and giving you the runaround and that type of thing? You know what? It was actually a mixture of both. Um, As you know, you'll have individuals who will support you. One of my biggest cheerleaders was my mother, and she instilled that at a very early age that you can accomplish any and everything that you set your heart for, and don't worry what people have to say. But what I also realized is a lot of people that I looked up to, individuals who my family and friends, a lot of them, although they said they wanted me to be successful, they really didn't because it would shine light on what they weren't doing with their life. Mm. But I understood that if I listened to what they were doing, I would be in the same boat, and the only person that was going to be saved out of the situation would be them, and the only thing that would be saved is their ego, and ego isn't going to get you far in anything. Wow. (laughs) You know, when I hear that, it's so real because that sounds like when I first told people that I was going to college and I said, I'm going to go 
to the University of Miami. And they said, you can't go to the University of Miami unless you play football. And I was like, well, I'm not going to play football. I want to go there on a scholarship. And they said, you'll never do it. You'll never get a scholarship. You're not going to get a scholarship to go anywhere to school for free. And so, you know, what was the feeling you got when you heard that first person that said, you can't do that? You know, actually, me getting no's was not when I um, became an adult. I got it very early on (laughs) in life. Um, I actually have an athletic background. And um, I ran track and did extremely well in it. But I remember when I wanted to try out for the high school track team, and my parents, um, my entire family from the country of Haiti except for my generation. So, of course, from an early age, they instilled, you know, you have to, you know, America's the land of opportunity, get your education, make it best for you. And that's all my father stressed. And I remember when I wanted to try out for the track team, my father kept saying no. He kept saying, no, 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 you can't do it, you can't do it. And finally, one of my cousins and my mother convinced them. And here I was at the age of 14 that my father came to me, and this is the man that I looked up to, and he told me, he said, you know what, you can go try out for that track team, but you've got to keep your good grades. But I want you to remember this. When you fail and you don't win, don't come crying on my shoulder expecting me to say, oh, it's okay. And a lot of people would have taken a look at that and said, I can't believe that father said it and thought that maybe I would have fell into my shell. But it actually motivated me because I wanted to prove to my father that I can do it. And just in a short amount of time, that same dream that my father tried to snatch away from me is what gave me a full scholarship to college, which allowed me to become an All-American and miss making the Olympic team by one one-hundredth of a second. Hmm. And I remember the day that my father came to me and he said, I am so happy I'm so happy that you did not listen to what I said. He said, I forgive me for what I said, and I told my dad I already did because I'm living a dream. Mm. Wow. That's good stuff. <laughs> and you know what, you know what, Eve? So many people are listening right now, and so many people are dealing with haters. And, and it's so sad, but I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are sleeping with their enemies, and they don't even know it. Absolutely. And that's so sad when you don't have someone that 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 loves you to say encouraging things. Now I I I can understand what your father meant. I, I think he what he was trying to say was he didn't want you to get hurt, but you took it the positive. You took the positive out of that, and you made it positive. I mean, you you that do you think that was something that was just driving you to succeed? Yes, I had a love for track, but I, I wanted to prove my father wrong. Um, I just want, you know, because, of course, your parents are going to steer you in the direction that they feel is best, but I also feel, how are you going to allow me to know what's best if you don't allow me to tap into my God-given talent? And there are a lot of individuals out here that because you may not be tall enough or skinny enough or whatever someone's telling you, you let that hold you back, opposed to saying, well, if I'm not tall enough, let me be the first five two model. If I'm not skinny enough, let me be this. If I'm not intelligent enough, let me do that. But a lot of people fall into this shell and say, well, because this person told me that I don't look like what we're used to seeing, then I can't pursue those dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people, like they always say, the, um, you know, the people with the most talent are in the graveyard because they die with it all in them. 
we, we only have one opportunity and you have to go for it. If you fail, it's okay. I would rather try and go for my goals and dreams, and if I don't succeed, at the end of the day, I'm happy knowing that I at least attempted to do it, not worrying about the what ifs and what would have happened if I did this type of stuff. And you know what, Eve? I think a lot of it has to do with our concentration level and the things that we're focusing on. Absolutely. You know, we 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 tend to worry about things that have no value. And what I mean by that is you can have someone telling you in your inner circle you can't do something. And then you you said, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. And then when you start doing it, you know, it, it takes discipline to do something and you start worrying about what other people are going to say because you're taking time away from them and you're placing that time on your dream and you're trying to master this thing and people are starting to talk about you now. Mm-hmm. Where is she? She's missing her. Where is he? He can't do this. He's just stupid. He's wasting his time. And now you start trying to listen and blend in with them, and you walk away from your dreams. That happens a lot, and that's that's you know it's a very sad thing. But it happens every you know dreams are killed daily. Absolutely. And it's so sad. So what would you say to someone that 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 inner circle is just negativity? It just it's just like a cancer. What would you say to them? Uh, um, one of the things that I often tell people is because it was taught to me, you're the total five, sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. So if you think of the five people that you spend the most time with in a brief conversation, someone can already tell you what your level of income is, where you live, what type of car you drive, what type of home you drive, and if you're the sharpest person out of that whole crew, something is wrong with that situation. In order for you to live the life that you want, in order for you to accomplish your goals and dreams, you have to surround yourself with individuals on that level. Now think of it. You know, you have a gentleman like Donald Trump. Regardless of people like him or not, you have to respect him for what he's built. But take a look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to worry and hang with people that have a dollar mindset. He's going to hang with individuals with a multi-million dollar mindset. Reason being is because he wants to take his multi-millions and turn it into multi-billions. So if you want to turn your situation around, sometimes you have to step out and understand that people are going to talk about you. But that's when you know you have something because when you don't have any goals and dreams, they're not talking about anything because you're on the same level as them. But as soon as you start to step out and as soon as you start to raise your level, like I tell people, when you raise your level and you increase your network, you'll increase your net worth. You can't expect to make six figures if you have a $20 mindset. Mm-hmm. Amen. For those that are just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solution Hour. And we have on there, on here tonight with us special guest, Yves Rose Stewart. You know, I was thinking about what Greg said earlier, Ms. Stewart, and not only are some people sleeping with their with the enemy, some people have actually become their worst enemy. Yeah. Because they surround themselves with those type of people, and then they begin to doubt themselves. They begin to believe what those people are saying when they when they you know hear the negative comments. Because anything that doesn't you know, sometimes people allow words to consume them, and sometimes they allow those words to become, you know, they bring life to those death words. Yeah. You know, when somebody speaks death to them, instead of letting that word die right at their eardrum, they actually bring that word to life because they keep reliving that same statement over and over and over. You know, 
what would you say to someone who just can't figure it out? <laughs> um, for a person who just can't figure it out, just like you said, it's all in your mindset and you bring it in. And a lot of times we kill our own dreams. You know, we have these thoughts, we have these goals, but then we, we start thinking, well, maybe I can't do this or I don't have enough money or I'm not skilled in that area, instead of just stepping out on faith. I understand when I, I embarked on wanting to be an entrepreneur, so many people laughed. Even to this day, regardless of what level of success that I've accumulated, people still don't support me, and that's okay. Because I understand that at the end of the day, as long as I'm happy and I can put my head down and me and my family are taken care of, that's all that matters. But you've got to bring, just like you're getting negative information in, you have to fill your mind up with positive energy. You know, you have to speak your goals into existence. A lot of times, you know, we sit down at the beginning of the year and, and we put our New Year resolutions together. Oh, I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. I want to do this. But we don't write it out. And let me just tell you, not only is the power of words, you know, impactful, but even writing it down. I remember when I started on this, um, on this journey, I was so confused. But I said I wanted to make it happen. And I sat down, and I remember it very clearly, because this was December of 2001, and I was making my goals for 2002. And I broke down some categories. I broke down my finances, my, uh, my relationships, spirituality, you know, my job, my business. I wrote down all these different categories, and I wrote specific things that I wanted to accomplish, and I gave them dates. So you can't say, oh, I want to do something, and you don't give yourself a time frame. So I put these dates down, and not only did I write it, I printed it off, and I posted it throughout my house. So whenever you walked in, bam, it was right there. When you went into the bathroom, it was there. When I woke up in the morning, it was there. I want to visually see it because then that way I can speak it out. Because whatever you throw out into the world, it has energy, whether it's positive or negative, and it's going to come back. And all of a sudden, I was focused. Because just like you guys said earlier, when you focus on something, that's all that's going to happen. You know, like if you wake up and you say, oh, this is going to be a bad day, and then you notice everything in a day is bad. Well, it's bad because you focused and you spoke that it was going to be a bad day. So the same way that you speak negativity, why not speak positivity? And all of a sudden I kept doing that, and other people around me were holding me accountable to that. They said, Eve, here you said you were going to do this on this day. Are you there yet? Have you made this type of amount of money? Have you walked away from your job? Have, have you found this relationship? And, and I still have kept that um, sheet that I wrote back in 2002 because on that sheet of paper, 80% that was on there I accomplished. From walking away from a job to finding the love of my life, which is my husband, and we celebrated our four-year anniversary, you know, to finding God and, and finding the church home that I love, to be surrounded by people who truly had a vested interest in me growing as a person and not worrying about what was in my bank account, all those type of things. So you got to – the person who's going to be your biggest cheerleader has to start with you. And oftentimes you may not have the confidence, but we often tell people, fake it till you make it. You can't wait to become, you know, a big entrepreneur or a multimillionaire and think a life is going to be easy. you got to act like a multimillionaire with a multimillionaire mindset today in order to have it in your bank account. It's a be-do-have mentality, not a have-do-and-be. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and you like know what? That. You know, these, I, I heard someone say this. The things we focus on the longest becomes the strongest. Absolutely. 
And that's just that's just so true what you were saying. You know what I learned to do when I started um going after my dreams, attacking my dreams and my goals? People will tell you that you can't do something. If you don't know who you are, the world will give you an identity and trust me you will not like the identity that they will give you. Mm-hmm. What I learned to do was when I started feeling that I couldn't do something, I would go back and I would read and find in the Bible what God says about me and what the things that he said that I could do. And that gave me energy, that gave me strength to really go out there and do it. Because you have to be bold when you're going after your dreams and your goals, and your skin has to be thick because people will do things, I mean cutthroat things to you. I mean, when you step out there, here it comes. They're coming at you. And you don't know why because you, you're thinking, well, I'm going after my dreams. This is going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. But if you stick with it and have the faith, like you said, you can, you, can, it, it can, you can achieve these things. And there's nothing like achieving that first goal. There's nothing like it. Can you, you know, we see your house on, on the video. Yeah. What was it like to buy this house, but I know you saw it in your mind before you before you bought it, but what was that like? Um, it, was, it was amazing. We actually didn't buy it. We built it. Okay. okay. <laughs> we built it. And just, um, it was funny because when my husband and I were dating, we talked about we wanted to move to a warm climate and we wanted to, you know, have a particular home and so forth. And you just, we just had this vision. And we didn't necessarily know exactly what it would look like, but we had an idea of what we wanted. And, it, and it's so amazing when you can envision and put things in perspective when you get to choose the brick, you get to choose the paint, you get to choose the fixtures, you get to choose the location. See, life is about choices. The only reason I was able to choose what type of home I wanted built was because of the choices that I made in my life that allowed me that opportunity. So when the day that we broke ground and had the pictures and we moved in and, you know, leaving our family from Chicago and coming to Texas, it was exciting because this was our new home. This is something that we built together. We built on our dreams and we built with faith. And we understood that, you know, bigger things were even possible. Eve, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I was able to experience that myself as far as the picking the brick and building God blessed us the same way, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing when you can actually say, this is what I want, this, I want this, and you're not taking leftovers of, of what somebody else has built. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just a beautiful thing when you step out there and you try to do things. Um, and and it's, it's just a beautiful thing. It's just a beautiful thing. I think Brian had a question for you. Yes. Um, you know, when you were making that those decisions, how did it feel? You know, because you hear people talk about, you know, home ownership. You hear them talk about, you know, hey, I want to do that one day. I want to have that one day. I want this particular thing in my house. I want that particular thing in my house. When I bought my house, I actually bought it from someone else. So I didn't get to make those particular decisions. But, you know, for the listeners out there that may have that goal of one day doing that, can you give us an example? Can you give us, you know, an example of how it felt? when you said, I want this wall to go here. <laughs> and then when you get when they were finished, that wall was right there. It just it was 
it's one of those things that's just undescribable. It's just like a calming peace, as if, you know, uh, we're, <laughs> it was just one of those things where you, you said, this is happening and I'm making the decision on what I want. You know, I don't have to worry about this is in my budget or these are the only two color choices I have. To honestly know that even though I didn't lay a brick down, <laughs> didn't do any of that, this is the point of knowing that someone was helping me build my dream. This was a dream that we had, and we were seeing it come to pass. And it just you just have a calming peace over you. You have excitement. You have everything because it's just like, you know, just remember when you was a teenager remember when, or a little kid and your grandmother gave you a dollar or a quarter and you went to the candy store. And, and when you went to the candy store with your, uh, with your quarter, but a lot more candy, you know, was, of course, higher. But you was looking at it anyway, but you knew you only had 25 cents. So what did you do? You went back home and hustled and tried to find another quarter to buy that 50-cent piece of candy. That's how it felt. I was a kid in a candy store. My husband and I were there, and we the it was our oyster. We can choose whatever we wanted. No one's going to tell us, no, you couldn't do it. Everyone was definitely appeasing. Oh, you want this? You want that? Oh, yes, Miss Story. Oh, yes, Mr. Stewart. Because now people were putting you on a level of respect, but you were just like them. We just worked hard for our dreams, and it just happened. You know, Eddie, I have a question for you, and it's it's, it's probably, it, it I think it's probably the most important question that you'll be asked tonight. How is God getting the glory from what you're doing right now? In our home, God is first. I know that if it was not for Him, we wouldn't be where we're at. If it wasn't for having the faith, even on days I didn't have faith in myself for stepping out. I had faith in him, and I knew that when situations may not have looked right in my eyes, I knew that God was going to make a way. And I understood that as long as I gave him praise and every time I stand before a room and, you know, people are applauding me and, and telling me, oh, congratulations on what you've done, I'm letting them know, you know, first and foremost, I am and I who I am and who I belong to is because of God. You know, he just used me as a vessel to be a living testimony to individuals to let them know you have it within you. You have a God-given um, desire, talent, everything within you. Pull it out and let people see that you can have the things that you want. Stop just holding it back, thinking that your life has to be where it's at. So whenever I um, bump into people and they ask me, you know, they'll ask me about my business or they'll ask me about certain things, I'm always letting them know, you know, God has definitely been good, and we definitely give our 10% and then some when we go to church. Hey, man, just. Look, I know for uh, those in ministry listening out there, they're, they're saying amen, because that's how it should be. That's right. You know, I, I think about how, you know, when when people are out there and they're trying and they're working, you know, on their regular jobs, but they're saying, you know, if I just leave, if I if I don't if I leave, and I don't work, you know, and I got to work for myself, and they have this level of fear, and they have this level of uncertainty, you know, did you ever did you ever go in you know go through that where it was just like a, a certain level of uncertainty or a certain level of fear when you first decided I'm quitting my job. Absolutely. <laughs> we all do. 
We all do, but we understand. I have to ask myself, Eve, what's more fearful, to sit here at this job for the next 40 years that they're increasing retirement age from 62 to 65 to 67, that probably you can't retire until you're 70. They're not going to have Social Security, so you're not getting that even though you're paying into it. You know, and in hope that by the time you do retire, that Walmart will still accept you as a job, McDonald's will accept you as a job, and then you can still depend on the federal government, hope that your friends and family can help you out and possibly live off savings, or can you put your head down while you're still working this job and stay focused on your dreams for the next two to three years to live the lifestyle that you want for the next 40-plus years? And when I looked at that, I knew Section A was much more scarier to be in a situation where you don't know. See, a lot of people right now, you know, people will tell me, Eve, you got a good job. That's not my job. God forbid something happens to you today on your job. Do you think they're going to keep that position for you? Can you will that to your kids? Can they go sit in that seat? No. That job is going to go to someone else's family. So I always tell people, regardless of what you're doing, you need to have a plan B. Understand, it's all right that you have to work a job. You're working on your job full time, but you need to be working part time on your fortune, which is whatever business you wish to pursue. And you know what? We need to have that relationship with God. We have to have that special relationship with Him because He's the only one that's going to push that fear out of there because that fear didn't come from him. And there's so many people right now listening and they're thinking, how in the world will all this happen? It's not up to you to know how it's going to happen. You just have to trust God and go for it. And that's that's what Brian and I are doing. We've been, we've been doing this for pretty close to, what, over a year now, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the trials and tribulations will come. They come, but they also go. You know, you have your, your days your, when you're up and you have your days when things seem like everything is just standing still and you just feel like things are not moving fast enough. So my question to you is when you started in your dreams, did you put a time limit on God? No. How can I put a time limit on a person who already dictated my time limit? I just want to make sure I was living up to his expectations of what he wanted me to do. I figured when I got started, I was 20-something years too late anyway, so I needed to catch up. <laughs> I like that right there. You like said 20-something years too late. You know, and that happens to so many people where they just sit still and they say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do it. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. And, like, for me myself, I fell into that rut where, I would always put my job before my fortune. You know, the thing I, I, I have this thing where I talk about the two engines, and the one engine I'm constantly putting gas in because I'm driving that car, <laughs> and the other engine I'm sort of like, you know, I'm keeping that car clean for every occasionally I might, you know, want to drive that car so that engine doesn't run as much as the other engine. But I keep feeding, putting gas in the car, in the one car. And all I'm doing is burning that gas out. The other car, the in, the gas is just sitting, and it's saying, hey, when are you going to drive me like you drive the other car? You know what I mean? Yes. And so for the people out there listening, you have to start driving that Sunday car on Monday sometimes. 
Sometimes <laughs> it's got to be Monday afternoon. You know, like what, what Greg and I do, we both work full-time jobs. We both have all kinds of other stuff that we do, but we dedicate ourselves at least and at least three to five hours a week to doing the radio show. You know, we also dedicate ourselves to doing other things that, and these are things that we dedicated ourselves to, you know, whether they're producing finances or not. And so, because we believe that, you know, once you get the principle down, you know, the financials will, will start coming in. You know, and, and some people, they don't believe that. They well, y'all doing a show? What's the show about? Oh, you're doing this? You're going to speak at this place here? Well, how much are they paying you? Oh, you're not getting paid? Well, why are you going? That doesn't make sense. And I always tell them, I said, because my blessing's not coming out of the finances. <laughs> you know, when I go and talk to somebody, the blessing is that they've learned something that they didn't know before. And maybe I've learned something in the process. And that's worth more than any dollar they can pay me. That's so true. You know, and, but here's my question, because sometimes I get, I, I like to talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, do you think that anybody out there can do what you're doing and do it successful? What kind of mindset do you have to have in order to do what you're doing? Um, to answer your first question, absolutely. Anybody can go out here and do exactly what I'm doing. And matter of fact, many of them can surpass what I'm doing. Isn't it funny how people will say to you, well, why don't you go do it first and let me see how that works out for you and then I'll try it. <laughs> and, but let me ask you a question. Let's be honest. How many of us know people that went to college? We all do, right? We all do. How many of us know people who didn't graduate from college? We all do. We all do. We all know people who did graduate from college, right? Yeah. But why are we telling our kids to go to college? If you knew that people didn't graduate from college, why are you sending your children there? Reason being is because it doesn't matter. It's all upon the individual and what they want to accomplish. And I share that with people because in anything that you do, there's a special formula that you need. You need, first of all, you need to have a vision for what you want, but you have to have a work ethic. You have to have a work ethic that even though you have to put in some hours at work while you're building your, your business or working on your dream, but you have to put forth some time within your dream. You have to have commitment. And commitment is not just, okay, I'm going to do this. Commitment is even after the feeling for which you said you were committed when you were going to do it is long gone, you still go after it. Because there are going to be some days you wake up and you're so excited about going after your goals and dreams, and there's going to be some days you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, why did I even do this? But when you stay committed and keep going, it'll happen. And you have to have a desire to want it. If you have those formulas working together, having your faith, putting things in order, understand you're going to be tested. But that's the reason why you're going to have a testimony, hence the word test. You have to be tested. See, you're made in the valley, not on the mountaintop. So when you get to the mountaintop is when you're going to turn back around and share with individuals how they, too, can get to where you're at. And that's all I am. I'm a vessel sharing my opportunities, sharing my blessings, and letting people know there's a way. It can happen. Forget about what people are saying. See, our philosophy in our house is time out. Kids need to see the role models in their home. 
You know, they see the big cars, they see all the fancy things, but they need to see their parents having that. So that way you can turn around and show your kids how to have the same thing too. So when you start putting those combinations together, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Because just like a rubber band, just think about it. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to do something, any and everything will go wrong? This happens, this happens, this happens. But when you keep persevering, you know, that's just the universe working against you. They're saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, Gregory has a dream. Gregory has a dream. He hasn't used that brain cell in a couple years. Uh-oh, let's get on notice. All of a sudden, the universe says, you know, the water pipe is going to break. Oh, this happened with the kids at school. This happens at here. This happens here. Trying to knock you off your block. But once you stay focused and you keep going and going and going, you know what eventually happens? The universe says, you know what, let's let Gregory have the lifestyle that he wants. We got more than enough people over here that don't want anything. They're easier to break down. That's true. So you got to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. And just like you guys said, the enemy is going to come in all forms and shapes. Many of us sleep with the enemy. You know, many of us pray with the enemy. Many of us break bread with the enemy. But understand that as long as you have your goals and your vision and you're not the enemy, who cares what the other people have to say? Because those same individuals who are going to tell you what you cannot do will be the same people when you're living in your multi-million dollar home, when you're living the lifestyle that you want, when you're testifying. Those will be the same individuals saying, oh, I knew you could do it. <laughs> Wanting to be in your circle now. <laughs> Absolutely. I was there when she stepped out on Facebook. Hold her to go for it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in your five. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Eve, tell us about the uh, the mentors. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were talking about this just the other night. Yeah, we were talking about this. You know, something that just always strikes a nerve with me is the word mentor and how people use it loosely. And I know that you have an educated audience that's listening, and I just always feel that I just need to spread this wherever I go. Let's look at the definition of a mentor. See, a lot of times people want to stand up and say, oh, I'm going to be your mentor. I'm going to show you how to have this, have that, and then they don't guide you anywhere. See, the true definition of a mentor is someone who has what you want or where you want to be, but more importantly, the key to the mentor is that they're willing to take you by the hand and show you how to get to where they're at and exceed them. See, oftentimes people want to say, oh, I have a mentor program. I'm mentoring young women. Well, what are you mentoring them with? Just standing up there telling them a couple words isn't leading something. See, so I always tell people, if you say you're leading people and you turn around and you don't see anyone behind you, you're not mentoring anyone. You're just going for a walk. How many people are following you? How many success stories are you creating? How many people are speaking your name? See, that's a true mentor, a person who can turn around and say, you know what, this individual showed me how to get to where I'm at today, and I'm very grateful that they showed me that. Not a person who's just standing here telling you, I'm going to be your mentor from a distance. You know, hopefully the words will fall upon the correct ears, and then maybe you'll have your aha moment. No, the mentor is the person that when you're down and out, they're still there. They're telling you, pick up your bootstraps, go after your dreams, don't worry about what happened. That's okay. Life's going to get in the way. It went for me that same way, too. They're going to tell you, no, don't go this way. Turn this way. I went down that route. They're going to treat you just like you are as a child. With a child, you take a child and you steer them in the best direction that you know, which is going to help them to get to their goal. That's a mentor. 
And that's what I pride myself on being able to say to individuals. It's not about me. It's not about the home that I've built. My goal is to create so many homes around this world that people are going to look up and they're going to say, these people aren't even living in these homes long enough because now that they built this first house, they're building their second house. They're building their third house. But more importantly, they're showing other people how to do the same too. You're just joining us. You're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have a call or a question, a comment or question for Yves Rose Stewart, our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And right now we're going to go to a caller. Caller in the 314 area code. Are you there? Caller? Oh, wait a minute. Let's see here. 314 area code. Are you there? All right. They're not there. Okay. Let's do this. Give. I want you to give me a scenario of a typical day in the life of Yee's Rose Stewart. <laughs> I don't know what hour of the day. Well, because <laughs> you live in this huge house, I know that you don't get up until about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> if I was getting up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I wouldn't be living in this house. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, my day starts um, very early. I have um, my oldest son, he's getting ready to be three next month, and I have a three-month-old. So I'm on their schedule, <laughs> you know, waking up with the midnight feedings, and then the two-and-a-half-year-old, he gets up between six or seven, so I'm up. Um, get the kids fed, get them ready, you know, watch a little bit of TV with them. Their favorite show is Mickey Mouse. You know, watch Mickey Mouse. I'm getting on the Internet, checking my Internet in terms of, you know, any messages in my inbox, checking voicemails. Um, I'm playing with the kids. Uh, my son, he goes to school at least three days a week. So if he's going to school, I'll send him to school on those days. If he's not at school, I'll play with him until it's his nap time. And then when he's napping, it's business time. That's when I go up into my office for two to three hours, returning phone calls, sending out emails, you know, talking to the people that I'm mentoring, you know, because a lot of them, they're working, so they're calling me on their lunch break, um, in the afternoon, take the kids out to the park, and, you know, and this is my husband and myself. So both of us are afforded the opportunity by God's blessing and our opportunity to raise our children from home. So we get to go to the park, you know, have fun together, you know, put them down to bed, then it's back to business again. You know, occasionally I may travel for a few days to go into certain markets to help some individuals, but to me it's not work, it's fun, because I'm being able to live out a lifestyle where, if the kids weren't working, waking up early, I don't have to worry about the alarm clock. You know, um, I don't have to worry about going to punch someone else's clock. You know, I get to do what I can do in the comfort of my home and truly build a business from home. Eve, I have a question. I have a MySpace question. Okay. How did you know it was right, it was, the timing was right for you to come off of your job, off of man's job? Did, did you hear God speak to you? Not physically hear him speak to you, but did you feel something deep down within you telling you to go? Absolutely. Remember when I talked about I wrote those goals and I had a specific date, and I just kept looking at that date every day, and I made sure that I had everything 
in order. I made sure that bills were paid off, money was saved, you know, things like that, because the worst thing you want to do is walk away from your job and then, and then the next day wonder how you're going to eat. You know, it's not about you just going into work today saying, I don't want to be here no more, I'm gone, and then wondering what you're going to do. So I made sure that things were aligned and were in place, and as the day got closer, that inner voice just got louder and louder, and all of a sudden it showed through my actions. If my thing was if I didn't leave, they were going to let me go. reason being is I was supposed to be at work at 8. I was getting there at noon, and when I got there at noon, I was going to lunch because I was letting them know it was lunchtime. But my whole attitude had changed because I knew I had something. And when I left, I burnt that bridge with the intention of not coming back. See, a lot of times, you know, they had to do this study with these monkeys, right? And they had this hole in the tree, and inside the tree they had these peanuts. And, of course, it was the size of the monkey's fist for them to put their hand in. And the monkey would go in and put their hand in, grab the peanuts, but they couldn't pull it out. And the monkeys kept trying to figure out why they couldn't pull it out. But then whenever they would release the um, peanuts, their hand would come out. And I remember when I saw that and, and read it, that's what was going on with me. You can't expect to get more blessings if you're trying to hold on to what little you have. You've got to let it go. You have to purge the clothes out of your closet. You've got to purge some of this stuff. You can't pick up anything if your hands are full. Your blessings are trying to come your way, but you're too busy trying to hold on to this $25,000 a year job and don't want to figure out a way to bring in extra money for you and your family. So once stuff starts brewing within you, something just takes over, and you just know when it's time. And you may have a date, but understand someone has a bigger date, and it's going to lead you in that direction to tell you it's your time to go. And I haven't looked back or regretted it ever since. My, my. All right, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We're going to go back to the phones again to see... If someone would like to talk to Yves Rose Stewart, caller from the 972 area code, are you there? 972 area code, are you there? All right. We will try the 314 area code again. 314 area code, are you there? Hello, caller. All right, we seem to be having technical difficulties with the phone lines. They're all filling up with the same numbers. <laughs> but that's okay. We have a brand-new system here, so I'm sure they're still working out a couple of the kinks and the bugs. But, Miss Stewart? Yes? You know, I'm amazed because I've heard people talk about, you know, a typical day in a millionaire's life, and, you know, they... They talk about how millionaires just work all the time and they work, 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 work. And it seems to me like the the dream life would be that type of life where you could get up in the morning, fix your children breakfast, take them to school, come back home, play with your child, do some work in your office that's in your home. You know, it sounds like you're truly living the dream. But let me ask this question. Is that truly living the dream? It's living my dream. Okay. It's living my dream. And and because of the opportunity that I have and what I've been doing, it allows us to, to diversify our income into different things that, you know, brings us up an income as well as passive income. So because of what I've been able to build, 
even if I turned around today and said, let me shut my door and I just want to focus on just raising my children, I don't have to worry because of what I've built, the income is still going to come in. See, a lot of times the jobs and businesses that we create for ourselves, you know, turn around and it pulls you away from the same thing that you want. And, and at the time when I started my business, I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married. It was just me. So I had more time to do stuff. But I knew that when I eventually had children, I wanted to be in a position where I was there to raise my kids. I was there to instill the values in them and not worry about the school system instilling their particular values in them. But, yes, I do put in forth some work, and it may seem like, oh, this lady is just living a life, just running around here and there and here and there. It's not always like that. But I get to dictate the days for which I would like to put in more hours than others. Right, right. And, you know, and that's, that's where I was getting. That's where I was getting to. Because a lot of times when people hear you say, you know, I spent a couple hours here, a couple hours there, they think that that's it. Mm-hmm. That oh, it's going to be just that simple, you know. You can start your business, and in two to five years, you could be living the life. And they don't realize that it does take some effort. You have to work. You know, it's not going to be like on your job working, but you should work at it the same with the same tenacity that you would if you had a deadline on the job and you were hoping that the boss was going to give you that three percent raise or that. bonus check, you know, and what most people fail to do is they fail to look at their business like they look at their job. So true. So true. You have to work your business twice as hard as you work your job. And let's be honest, you know, people tell me, well, I'm putting in 60 hours a week at work. Of those 60 hours, how much is really work? When you factor in your restroom breaks, your smoke breaks, you sitting around the water cooler when you're supposed to be doing stuff. You talking to your friends and family on the phone at work. If you honestly break down your day, how much time of that is really work? And I tell people, regardless of what it is, the same amount of time and effort that you put into your job, okay, maybe you can't put in 40 hours a week in, in your business. But you know what? Whatever amount of time that you devote towards your business, make it an effective usage of that time. Shame on you to build someone else's dream, which is allowing them to spend time with their friends and family, that here you are, you're not spending time on your goals and dreams, and you're pulling yourself away from your friends and family. Something's wrong with that equation. Yes, it is. You know, what would you say to the woman, and I I say woman, or and and men, I'll just I'll include everybody to the to the people that are being released back out into the general population that are coming from the jail cells and coming from the prison prisons and the detention centers that feel that the world is against them and they feel that they have to take that job cleaning up offices that job at just doing whatever to make a living. What would you what would you say to them as far as what do you think they can have? Um, goes back to a quote um, that I had heard, um, life is a gift from God, but style is what you make of it. So although the opportunity that presents itself at this time is telling you that you may have to clean a couple offices, work at some restaurants that you may not necessarily want to work at, that's just a temporary situation. 
is just temporary. Have a goal for what you want to do. Work on it and make it yours. It doesn't matter your situation. Like I always tell people, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle the situation. And it's the individuals that handle it the best way that they can. Those are the ones who become stronger and get closer to achieving their goals and dreams. Don't worry about what people want to say. People are going to label you regardless of the facts. But the only person that should matter in terms of what you want is yourself. Find those goals, find the vehicle that's going to allow you to get there and make it happen for yourself. It's just temporary. Just like people will come to me and they tell me, well, I'm broke. I tell them, no, don't tell me that you're broke. Because when you, th- when you think of broke, you think thinking you don't have anything. I tell people, no, broke is a temporary situation. <laughs> that's a temporary situation. Poor is an everlasting situation. And when I'm talking about poor, I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about your mindset. So if you have a poor mentality, a poor mindset, a negative mindset, then how can you achieve your goals? Go forward. Find those individuals who are willing to show you what you can do. Entrepreneurship is what society was built on in the first place. Identify your skills and talents. Identify that opportunity that's going to help you make some things happen. And those same people who had those labels for you and had something to say will be your biggest cheerleaders down the road. You know, I, I know a person that always that had a definition of what poor was. He said poor is people with money who make bad decisions. <laughs> and, you know, and that stuck with me because when you look at it, People with money who make good decisions tend to be wealthy. <laughs> you know, and people with money who make bad decisions usually have, end up having to pay for that. You know, so what would you say to that person who's made those, you know, those bad decisions, those wrong turns down the right street, you know? What would you say to them as far as uh, as an encouragement you know, to that person that that wants to do right, that person that wants to go out and make make a you know make themselves part of society. What but I would, they've already had the chips maybe stacked against them, like Greg talked about the person that may just be getting out of jail, or the person that's got you know horrible credit, you know, or the person that's passed a couple bad checks. You know, what would you say to them? What I would tell them is that they're not alone. Each and every single person has made some type of bad decision. But just like I said, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle the situation. You can look at it, you know, two ways. You can look at it and say the, the cards are stacked against me, or you can say, okay, this is the situation I am now. Let me try to make the best of it and move forward. You know, believe me, I, I remember when I was in college and I got my checkbook and uh, didn't balance my checkbook right. <laughs> and I remember all those check bouncing fees that I uh, accrued, I learned very quickly how to balance my checkbook. (laughs) So, you know, you're going to have to learn somehow. You're going to have to, you know, make some mistakes, but you've got to grow from the mistakes and understand that no no one's better than you. We're all on the same level. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. It's the difference between you and the next individual is what are you doing with those times of your day. You know, go for it. If you've got to start no man on a totem pole, that's okay if you're the low person on the totem pole. But eventually rise yourself to the top. Don't let the situation dictate to you your value and worth. You need to dictate your value and worth. Eve, when you were a little girl, 
do you remember someone ever speaking death into you, saying that you wouldn't amount to anything? Do you? Did anyone ever do that to you? All the time. <laughs> when I was growing up, oh, you're too short, you're too skinny. Um, I remember I wanted to be a newscaster. Someone told me because you have a gap in your teeth, you're not going to be a newscaster. You know, get that out of your dream. You're too dark. Um, what are you talking about? Your parents are from another country. Oh, you're, you're black. You're a woman. You're this. You're that. I still hear it today. It doesn't matter. You know, people are going to say it, but that's not who I am. I'm a woman of God who has an opportunity, who's making the best of her situation, and is going to raise two prosperous young men who are going to be citizens of this U.S., who are going to make some things happen. They're going to be movers and shakers. They're not going to be individuals going out to create someone else's dream. They're going to be individuals becoming the dream makers and the dream creators. That is the definition of who I am. I'm not the definition of everyone else. You know, I was thinking about how um, I coach football. Greg and I used to coach together, yeah. but uh, he's since retired, and so <laughs> I'm taking on the helm as the head coach. And uh, I had a kid on my team, and he's short. You know, he's not as tall as the other kids, and he's kind of chubby. And I and he kept telling me, Coach, I want to play running back. Coach, I want to play running back. And immediately – I put him on my offensive line, you know, and I kept saying, son, you're not, you're not built like a running back, you know. And he said, every day, coach, you going to let me play some running back? And I was like, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. So yesterday we had a couple kids short, and I let him play receiver a little bit. And I said, I might put, I said, maybe I'll put you at tight end or something like that because you're not built like a running back. And so... Today we had even less kids at practice. You know, they try, they kind of take off during the end of the week. And uh, I put him – um, we were trying to toughen up our defensive line. So I put my fullback on the offensive line because he's, he's a, you know, hard hitter. And I put this kid at, at fullback, and I said, you know, run the 34 dive. Well, the quarterback changed the play. He ran the – to the other side, to the thir- he ran a 35, and well, 34 belly, but he ran a 35, and this kid bust through the middle, untouched, 40 yards down the field for a touchdown, and ran faster than anybody else on the field, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, and so I said all that to say that a lot of times people will take a look at you. And they'll perceive one thing. But this kid never gave up on the fact that he knew he was a running back. He was going to try to keep him in the box. (laughs) (laughs) He knew he was a running back. And I told everybody, I said, somebody just served notice. (laughs) You know, and so for for those that are listening, never let somebody tell you that you're something that you're not. Eve, if someone wanted to get in contact with you to find out what you're doing with your business or to have you come and speak in the city, the country, the whatever, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can actually, I'll give you both an email as well as number. Um, people can reach me at my toll-free number. It's 866-618-6255. Eight six six 
618-626-6256. Or you can email me at the letter Y R Stewart S T E W A R T at Gmail dot com. Once again, Y R Stewart S T W A R T at Gmail dot com. All right. Well, we thank you for coming on our show tonight. Yes, we do. Uh, I can tell you, I, I know I got blessed because a lot of stuff that you were saying just made sense, and it was confirmation for me. Uh, I truly appreciate you guys inviting me. I'm, I'm excited. I'm honored, but more importantly, I'm humbled that you guys saw something in me, which oftentimes people have to realize you may not see something in yourself, but someone will see something in you. And hold on to their belief in you. It's just something positive that's going to help you move forward in terms of what you're doing. And I appreciate all that you guys have done and put together. Um, you guys have definitely been a blessing to me. You've opened doors of opportunity my way. And I'm so forever grateful and thankful for just having this opportunity. Yes, we thank you so much. And we're going to have you on a little bit later when... Right before you go on Oprah now, we got to have you on so we can so we can let everybody know that you're going to be on there. Not a problem. We're speaking that thing into existence tonight. Absolutely. With that being said, everybody, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour where our goal was accomplished tonight. Being more, doing more, and we all will have more. Thank you so much, Eve. Thank you. Thank you.